0: Hello everyone, my name is Maciej Nowak and welcome to the awesome to know podcast where we discuss all things WordPress. My today's guest is Helmut Januszka, who is the CEO of Captcha.at, a product that has been created within one of the biggest publishers in Austria. And this is a very interesting example of a tool that has been born out of changing regulation environment, namely creation of GDPR rules. And we are also discussing changing initial project assumptions across the whole let's say project journey if you are watching this on youtube please give us a thumb this means a word to us and if you want to keep learning more about wordpress please um, subscribe to our newsletter at awesomestudio.com slash newsletter this is osomstudio.com newsletter without further ado please enjoy my conversation with Helmut Januszka
1: Everyone, it's good to have you here. We're glad you decided to tune in for this episode of the Awesome to Know podcast. Hello, Helmut. How are you? Hello. Um. I'm. Uh, thank you. I'm fine. How are you? I'm.
0: I'm very good. I'm very happy we can have this conversation today. And uh, m- my first question to you would be, what is CAPTCHA in uh, like w- by your meaning, by your understanding, what, what, what is CAPTCHA?
1: Uh, in in my in my understanding, it's like uh, a service that helps you to protect your website and your business uh, from being tackled or attacked by bots. Like Capture tries to uh, segmentize real humans from from automated users, and will stop those automated tasks and bots to, let's say, sign up for a newsletter or register for an account or. Do a fake purchase, a fake vote, and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. And um, why this is important? I mean, this this can be automated and and exploited, let's say, by bots. But what are what what is the extent of of those actions? So is it just you know filling out the forms? You know, what what's the downside if you are not protected?
1: If, if you're not protected, you you risk like first of all getting out of business because your website is just getting hammered by bots. And the second thing is when we take the typical case that everyone knows, like contact forms, um, usually those contact forms produce like somehow an email or something like that goes into some back office. And if you like uh, a company that gets a lot of those emails, then then you need to find out the real ones. And you might miss a real user support case while it's being flooded by spammers. And therefore, it uh, reduces human efforts that is needed to work through those contact form. And
0: Helmut, the name Capture is also the name of the project that you recently came up, c- came up with. And I'd love to know, what is the reasoning behind your project and how the idea originated?
1: So, so the, the, the project itself is called capture.eu. Um, we, our mother company is the Kronenzeitung which is the Austrian's biggest news publisher. And we had the problem with the GDPR that we needed to remove all the other capture services that we previously used uh, not to name shame anyone and we removed uh, the the US services and then we immediately saw like increases in ghost signups in faked voting results and stuff like that And, and then we we didn't really have a solution at that time we looked around the market and didn't find any perfect fit for us at our scale they either were too expensive or they also were US based and so we decided to give this thing a try and we were working through a lot of white papers from MIT Stanford and co and yeah we actually over the weekend we 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 pumped out a quick POC and and rolled it out in our most crucial parts like uh, subscriber management login and stuff like that and over the weekend we saw like uh, immediate success so it was like we were shocked at the first place that it it worked so good and in the next, in the, in the weeks to follow, we talked in inside the corporate group, if they can also give it a try because they had the same, basically same GDPR thing going on. And they were already like uh, talking to other vendors. So they gave our, our solution a try. And they also reported that it's a huge success and it works super great. And like, we did that for a year. Like it was like running under the hood without uh, the users recognizing it because our approach to captures and uh, detecting bots is not by letting them search traffic lights or buses or anything you might know when you think about captures and after a year like we we came to the conclusion it might be a good uh, product to sell because it solves our problem so well inside the whole uh, corporate group and so we decided to give it like a we took the last mile like building dashboards building reporting because we did not have that because internally we did not need it we just saw that the bots were stopped and we are happy so we, we we invested like half a year into polishing the product into making it an end user product and also to get all the lawyer agreements and all the stuff that we get green lighted when we say it's gdpr compliant and yeah we recently, in April, we launched the final product. Uh, we, since we are using WordPress, we, in the launch, we came up with a WordPress plugin. So it's ready to run if you have a WordPress with all the major form plugins, it works out of the box. A mm, Couple of weeks later, we already have now like Craft CMS. We also have Joomla and various other platforms that we now support. And we are already always increasing the platforms because we see them as a multiplier. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the first months in the business, it looks quite good. We have a pretty diverse uh, customer base. So, from all the branches to different sizes, it's really interesting to see um, how, how it goes there. It's a tough market because we are competing with a free product. So, we, we need to, to somehow tell the customer please don't use Google Recapture. It's free. Please give us a little bit of money. It's It's really. Not um, a huge amount, but at the end of the day, we see customers being happy because our solution is invisible. Like you don't have to mess mess around with your UX or UI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is super
0: interesting because when I think of captcha, and most of people will think of captcha, uh, the first thing is either you know uh, picking the parts of you know uh, buses or boats or uh, typing those sketchy letters <laughs> into yeah. some some field. So why those elements are not visible on on your solution
1: basically we decided to go with the invisible approach google google for example also offers that thing and we we, we took that road because in our uh, mother company the concept we have such a big audience varying from teenagers to to pensioners and we, we absolutely wanted to avoid any unhappy customers. so the We needed to be GDPR legal and we needed to be like customer happiness. So the most important is we accept one bot, but we do not accept one dropped real users. So that's the the approach that we followed. And with the Invisible Way, we took the data that we collected in the initial phase that is more than a year. And we built a strong machine learning model, which ultimately helps us to uh, separate bots from non-bots quite good. Even though we don't have any visible user interaction,
0: you should be calling it uh, AI approach that there is an AI. <laughs> under no, I the don't code. call it AI because <laughs> AI is too much magic, it's just
1: machine learning. So
0: it's... Yeah, but maybe it would help you with the size, you no? Know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we, we right. should probably call it Capture GPT or whatever. <laughs> get, get <to> AI? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Right. We, we explicitly, it's not AI. It's based on, on on true data that we, in the company, in the in the mother company, we have like dozens of data sets and and records, and we use those to to build uh, a model that helps us predict the the device if it's a bot or not. And the machine learning is only one piece. There's like multiple signals that we take in, in, into consideration on if you're a bot or not.
0: And and they are coming from those papers you have read over that uh, exactly mythical
1: weekend. It's a yeah. It's a mixture. It's heavily based on those white papers that are like pre two thousand, most likely. So pretty old tech, but old tech is not always bad tech. Um, And we also added like um, our experience since we are a web publisher since nineteen ninety eight. So almost all the generations of bots that are outside there, we already have had them we also like as a publisher a pretty political target so everybody from china russia and co already was at our platform so and we take that data to help our customers on the other company capture to to stay protected and mm mm-hmm. yeah
0: this this is very interesting that you can create something out of you know white papers uh, over the weekend that works so it sounds, or maybe I'm wrong, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds a little bit like it It wasn't a herculean task at the very beginning to create working solution like overnight, over the weekend uh, that would save, let's say, your life because you, you cannot use captcha to protect your website overnight, right? Or, or, or not? I mean, wh- what I'm trying to ask is that you had to remove all of the capture solutions, and you you had to create something uh, GDPR compliant of of your own. And you mentioned that this was the the POC was quick to set up, right?
1: Yeah, but the, the POC like it's one and a half years ago. The POC was really like a like a a wood and a nail, like trying different okay. white papers and just surviving the weekend. And then we like invested more than a year in fine tuning it. So the first version worked quite well, but it was not like it was like two weeks later, uh, bots from a different country came and they ran through it again. So it was like more uh, wood nail, wood nail, wood nail. Oh, and I see uh, <laughs> the, the basic idea was there from the white papers, but it, we, we like uh, making it a diamond took quite a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously, but you know, this is this is amazing that you were able to uh, to introduce something that would protect you still at, at the very beginning and then grow, yeah. and and so so the data was collected that you were trained your model uh, over the months, like uh, those one and a half I, half a year ago. But did you have that data before that you could use and? And analyze or were you collecting only after started uh, with the Actually, new Actually, we, we
1: have so much traffic whenever we deploy anything new, it's just like an hour, for example, and I have like multiple hundred or uh, multiple thousand data set records. So we could easily like say, okay, that machine learning model failed. Ultimately, we just reboot, we dropped it, the whole database and then we just let it run for half a day and then we had enough to work on from there. Mm-hmm yeah because we have and, a lot of logins and and stuff like
0: that okay i see and and you 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 know the company created uh created a product uh, a digital product and you know chrono is you, you know best but for the listeners that don't know chrono is a big big austrian publisher one of the biggest i guess right and it my like mm, my perspective is that it's it's a it's a big organization corporation in the publishing sector. and this is very specific, very niche product solving, very unique problem. And I would imagine this is not a place for like on, on one hand he- on one hand it's not a place to for such a product to originate from because you know big 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 organization creating something out of their let's say space, not publishing. At the same time, there is such a huge um, uh, amount of data you can use that this is the, the, the best place for such a product to originate, right? So it's, it's like two different approaches or, or, uh, or, or way of thinking about this. So it's a little bit surprising for me, but at the same time, who else who than, you know, a big, big organization with a lot of data can create such a thing? Yeah, that this is interesting that this kind of organization created such a product.
1: Yeah, so the thing is, I think that the funny part is that we're not we did not sit in a room and say, what can we create to sell afterwards? But it was more like, okay, well, how can we come up with a solution to survive in that GDPR space today? And then we sold that. So it's like, it's it was not easy to get the the approvals to sell a product because we are like selling newspapers for like around 100 years or something like that. And then we came up with the idea of selling a digital something that has nothing to do with the content itself. Um, but, yeah, actually, we, we're we doing good so far. It's quite interesting. And in these days, uh, economically, it totally makes sense to give that thing a try. And even if the sales is not successful, we still need the product. So it's like every euro that comes in is great for us. So
0: It's just a bonus, right? It's yeah. it, it, it is not necessary. It's nice to have, right? <laughs> we,
1: we need it anyway because we're eating our own dog food in that, in that naming. And, yeah, and if we can help others, we're... We we like it so
0: yeah yeah and, and you refer you you you, you refer to to what i was f- thinking as a problem because a company that is selling newspapers and even entering the digital era with online publishing this is something totally out of like area of expertise of of sales people of lawyers because this is not what they are worrying about day to day right this is something new Creating a product and selling a product instead of a if, of a newspaper. So I'm uh, very curious. You know how did it go in terms of you know uh, winning uh, like the the management decision, like selling this idea to the management. Let's sell it. So I'm I'm very curious how because this is not an usual situation because like m- m- my thinking about this is that those kind of products are created by you no know, a freelancer after hours or uh, two, two guys uh, uh, out of university that had yeah. uh, like fresh idea to cre- revolutionize something and, and so on but here it's a very established business with a long history and and yeah it's... yeah
1: so i know i know so the the thing is we have a pretty agile team and we pretty much like have the the principle of doing the core business ourselves so we do not hire external developers for core business everything that makes money should be built in-house so that we do not have our income controlled by others and this like is a, a mentality in the engineers that that we we do things like that we are not afraid of doing things like that but as you said um it was not that easy to to convince like the upper management to really sell that now they were happy that we built a solution for us and that we are good to go and we did not need to pay for any external services <laughs> um but telling them okay come on let's create a company let's sell that product was not the easiest thing so we needed a lot of things to do in first place we we needed to hire lawyers that looked into if the whole product is capable of being legal when used by others and how does it need to be formulated and pretty much the last mile was almost exclusively talking to lawyers and getting all the papers done uh yeah the, the second thing is we needed to do a source code audit so we needed to send the source code to an external auditor and they needed to confirm the management that what we did here is like a feasible thing because one of their first like critics was okay so how can we do that when like facebook google Why why can't they do this and the thing is they can do it too but they are still a human american company that is the crucial difference
0: mm-hmm. and
1: since since the problem is like european-wide we really tried to 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 explain that this is not a local austrian thing this could most likely escalate into other countries because every publisher or every other website vendor has the same problem
0: mm-hmm. so so let's talk about that problem exactly so just like refer back as a bit uh, how how did it how did it all start why did you have to Create a different solution. What so I mean regulation? What what changed? What changed that forced you to to abandon uh, yeah, existing yeah, solutions? Yeah. So
1: so print, uh, when when GDPR came in effect, um, we we went through all the the services uh, US based and removed almost everything from Google, for example, um, except like fonts and capture because we we, we argued like they are system relevant and they are like critical to protect ourselves and the gdpr department said okay that's a super gray zone it's like why is it technically required when you read an article that we have a capture on the contact form so it's like well but it was gray zone and generally most people see it gray zone still nowadays but then like half a year ago i think there was this uh, google fonts lawyer letters that get sent out and Yeah, we as a publisher, we like a high prestige target, like every GDPR lawyer looks at our platform because if we do something wrong, it's in their terms of publicity, they gain more than they, if they go to a dentist, for example, and say, hey, you're using an American service. So um, since GDPR, we always had the be the best in class uh, call from the management. And with the removal of the Google fonts, like hosting them on our own, the GDPR lawyer said, okay, uh, it's the the time we need to remove that. We cannot raise on that anymore. It's too critical because they will definitely kick it out anyway. And we have stupid argumentations and lawyer costs. So we removed it. And to be honest, in that moment, we thought, okay, bots is not a real thing anymore. We do not have bots. So just remove it. Everything will be fine. It's most likely the internet is a good place nowadays. Uh, yeah, funny. Hey, the, and you were surprised, right? <laughs> yeah. Twenty minutes after the after the rollout of the removal of Google, uh, recaption all our core uh, stack. It was like immediately like auto scaling, and emails and everything went in the wrong direction. And you and at that place in the first place we were really shocked because we didn't know what to do. Um, we wanted to reactivate Google Recapture. We could not do that because we already said the the lawyers that we removed it and it would not make a good footprint if you reactivate it five minutes later. Um, so we did the traditional things like blocking countries and blocking uh, those the things from the 80s to survive the first few days. And then over the weekend, we we... we Took this POC and fine tuned it the next couple of days or some t- uh, weeks actually. All
0: right, so so this is the reason th- this was so stressful and had to be done over the weekend because I, I I was thinking maybe the regulation kicked in and no no no
1: it was the system was the system was really the thing is actually we only needed we only needed it for logins but we like a year ago we started a premium subscription model so logging is like one of the most important things. Um, if you pay for a subscription, multiple euros a month, and con- commit for a two-year contract, and then you cannot log in because bots are flooding the system. Um, up to a recent point, we can scale, but a- at some point, scaling is not the solution because, like,
0: uh, all you're the... paying extra. No, it's
1: not only paying. It's also it, it's it doesn't work because the bots also scale. So it's like a... and they scale cheaper.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's a uh, the the there is leverage right there yeah. is a uh, chipping even chipping, even chipping that uh, kicks out of uh, systems uh, running um, right? and going even earlier you know gdpr was when wo- when it was coming um, you know um, to the effect let's say um, there were many different worries about how to interpret uh, gdpr rules and and so on and it's been a couple of years or already and now there are still like precedent rulings of course like uh or or, or uh, pr stunt actions like with that um lawyers for for google phones and so on so i wonder i mean like my understanding is that even though it, it's been a couple of years this is still not very um, settled so a lot of companies are regulated right now not regulated com- compliant with what what uh, gdpr uh, says some are not are neglecting this but there are many myths around the whole gdpr idea that you cannot store cookies for example or, or other and you know what, what what's your opinion because you are you you are the practitioner here right you 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 if your team created the solution that saves you know let's say save the company so i wonder what is your opinion about stuff that uh, people think they cannot do but they actually can but you know it it it, it has to be compliant so what the, what does it mean
1: I, I think i think that the world is divided into two tiers like like from the publisher side we are on the first tier where we have to apply to every regulation that is possible floating around because otherwise we really risk into paying fees that are super high like in Austria, we have multiple cases of companies that paid, some of them already twice for stupidity things. And and there's a second tier, like you're a blogger, you have a website and you, you, you don't even know what you do there. You install a theme and click next, next, next. And then your company, if you're like a, a, a dentist, is might be possible be sued for being GDPR illegal. Um, things get better because those ready to run setups and themes they 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 come with cookie banners and they come with stuff like that but in general i think we see it as that when we start a service with some external entity if it's us-based it really needs to be argued why we should use it so at some point it's like uh, stopping the european union probably into using innovative things yeah but at the end of the day if you really are into that topic it's really about protecting the user so you should not set the cookie if you cannot argue why you set it and if you can argument why you set it like for example you have a a button that saves that saves the state of dark mode or not dark mode you can set that cookie. You can argue why you set it, and it makes sense. But you need to, at some point in your website, list that cookie that you do that and why you do it. And I think that's the good part of the GDPR thing. So people like publishers that we, we first of all needed when it took effect in the beginning, we needed to figure out what are we doing actually. Because because like it, it grows over time, and then we have third-party advertisers and stuff like that. and. I think the whole gdpr wave really helped to clean it up a little bit to be honest the the current solutions with the click the button and accept it is not the real solution because at the end you you end up with most of the cookies anyway but gdpr goes further
0: yeah because you know when you browse everyone shows that cookie banner which does nothing apart from uh saving someone's uh you know (laughs) Yeah. Someone see that there is that cookie banner. You know we are compliant because there is that cookie banner. Uh, more compliant because it
1: has to work actually. Uh, if you are not accepting opting them. out, yeah. But yeah. The, the thing is, GDPR goes away a little bit further when you when you like. We as a vendor, we ensure that we do not store IP addresses. We ensure that we eliminate log files after a recent amount of days. We 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 have to commit to only store data that we really use for the business. So it's not like previously before GDPR, we just always said like get the data and then we figure out what we do with the data nowadays it's like a little bit different you need to to have the use case already before collecting the data which sometimes makes it hard especially when you want to look at historical data but it forces the companies to think about what we are doing because also first of all your personal information but also what what happens if the the company gets breached and they have like millions of records from you like a year ago so but they didn't do anything with it but the the guy who bought the, the zip file in the darknet now has the data and i think gdpr overall is a it's a good way um the current implementations from the websites is it's like i say improvable with the cookie banners because i think that's not the perfect solution because most of the users Anyway, just click on accept and continue. It, it does not really change a lot, a little bit for sure because the, the website owner needs to, for example, eliminate log files. So a little bit improvements anyway there.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so what are, you know, you mentioned that, uh, that, that, uh, that action from, uh, from half a year ago regarding Google Fonts. Can you elaborate on this for our listeners a little bit more? What, what happened?
1: What well, what happened? We actually got like a letter that says uh, we should we need to argue why we are using it, and yeah, then the uh, the whole lawyer thing kicked off, and it was like a, a huge mess. And then we decided um, in the reply to the lawyers from the we, we just tell them, okay, you you're right, we that might be not okay or okay. Please make the decision out of our room, but to be to show you our goodwill, we just remove it, and. The funny thing is we now host the google fonts on our own eh, resulting into like 50 terabytes on font traffic just for nothing so it's basically also a, a coast driver and previously like google paid those 50 terabytes of traffic now we have to pay this on our own um and i think personally the user is not in a better world right now because the font is coming from our server so but at the end of the day, maybe the, the summarization of the small things is it, and it forces the big ones like Google, Facebook and co to to think a bit more what they are doing before going into the European market.
0: There was a case that, for example, right now, very recently, like two weeks ago, three, maybe four weeks ago, uh, Judge GDP was banned in Italy because of the...
1: Uh, yeah, but like... I think they, they already lifted the ban. Um, I think like banning is not the right way, to be honest, because it, it, especially in the in the whole AI space, I think it would not be great for the European Union to completely isolate, because we don't have right now the equivalent product. It, it opens a real a huge space for AI out of Europe, but right now we don't have it, so we get a really big disadvantage in terms of innovation and in terms of the whole thing. So I'm personally. I would not like that. I would like if they, for example, need me to click and accept something so that people know, for example, if you enter your password in the chat GPT box, most likely someone else will get your password as a possible solution predicted in six months. So take care what you are doing. But blocking the service completely, first of all, doesn't make sense because people will find workarounds, proxies, VPN, whatever. And it's not data protection. It's it, it, it more for me, who decides then what is blocked and what is not blocked.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it, Nowadays, yeah, we're
1: blocking AI. Next next week, we're blocking publishers. Next week, we are blocking blockers with a different mindset. So I think the that this is not great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's
0: like zero is binary. It's like working or not working. Like someone got scared and banned the thing and it's not like maybe the best approach. So, I, I, but also in the German-speaking countries, there is, I think, the, the, the rules for data protections are protection are more strict than in other countries. And there was, um, for non-German-speaking listeners uh, <laughs> that didn't follow follow this, there was uh, there was like a lawyer or a small bureau asking for um, for information about uh, GDPR like on a mass scale, right? Visiting the website and and uh, and then asking for information, checking if the company is prepared to give that information, which is required by
1: required by GDPR. Uh, you know the, about this case, right? I know about this case, and we as a publisher, we have that like on a daily basis. There is people oh, okay. they are signing up, they are deleting their account, and they are sending an email. Please give me everything you know about me. We, wow. we 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 have that process completely automated so it's just a click and we enter the email address and we get a zip file with everything but integrating and implementing that was like a huge amount of effort so all right
0: pop- and, and and this is just for the sake of like when you when you think about this how how do you feel about this because again this this can be like double double edged sword you you know what you are doing with the data, so it means that you don't, you are not losing the data, or you know you, you you can say I'm managing the data. On the other hand, it is a huge pain to create a solution that would automate this. Automate this. Otherwise, it would be impossible with manual work, right? So it's like pr- protection uh, enforced protection uh, pushed to the limit of um, like reasonable effort, I would say.
1: Yeah, so so we have a process in place that creates that zip file, but we also we we definitely have a person controlling it before sending it out. Because what we usually those people who are writing and requesting that thing are like nitpickers. So if you make a tiny mistake, they will use that tiny mistake for whatever. Uh, We don't even know what persons are those because from my point of view, it doesn't make sense. We don't have any crucial data but it's there right and we are complying to it and we are sending you the data if you request it so um for for capture for example what we definitely not do is like the competitors we are we we, you need a javascript on your website but you only need it in that area where your contact form for example is so you don't need to place us all over your page so we do not know um your surf flow or where, where you previously and stuff like that because this would be super on, and we don't want to be great mm-hmm. yeah. and, and all of those regulations changing
0: the way think can work it, it sounds like uh, you know first of all the the new regulations created a a, a whole lot of new like lawyers expe- uh, um, absolutely it's
1: all the lawyers business
0: <laughs> exactly it's like regula- reg- regulation driven development <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Business> development <laughs> Yeah, but also for the tools like, you know, this capture wouldn't be existing if not for no, the change in the regulations,
1: we definitely would not have created it because we would have sticked to recapture yes. because that the need would not be high enough to come up with a solution. Or, yeah, you know, it, for, it w- like even the, the, the cookie banner companies, there's like gazillions of cookie, cookie banner companies that charge you multiple hundred bucks just to have a, a compliant cookie banner exactly
0: exactly and and i wonder what is what what else what else is on on the radar for like uh disruption let's say (laughs) because of the gdpr
1: (laughs) i don't know i don't know i think the next thing is the third-party cookies so that you're not allowed to send cookies to to other servers and that so but but this is something the browsers are going to enforce Mm -hmm. and therefore it's i think it's not so hard because it hits all the publishers and all the websites and therefore it's fair like mm-hmm. most likely fair.
0: Well, what about the fonts? You have to ha- uh, host your own fonts. So is there a space for revolution here?
1: Yeah, maybe maybe someone could build a European Google font hosted thing but technically that's super simple. You take a web server, put the fonts there and you're done. Um, <laughs> the problem is that the, the, the bandwidth you will need is just uh, yeah it, it, 50 terabytes in like three months or something like that. It's super super, a lot only for us. So I think the business model behind that would not scale. Mm -hmm. So why is the reason this is taking so much bandwidth? First of all, we're using a lot of Google Fonts so that's like we have designers who take a lot of fonts and then we have multiple variations and font faces like bold, non-bold and In our case, we have a huge amount of users who are only visiting us once, like they are Googling for something and say, okay, there was a car accident, and then they find an article, click there, they never were at our space, so they don't have anything in the cache. Then we see a huge increase in in incognito browsers, and they also eliminate caches, and so the cache effectiveness is so low that you have just so many uh, bandwidth about that.
0: Alright, because you have so much traffic, so many fonts, yeah. and hosted this uh, at your server, it, it takes a lot of bandwidth, but it's still a lot of, you know, all of the other page, uh, like um, the rest of the page is also heavy, you know, so so for the rest of the traffic, there is many times more probably, right?
1: Sorry, sorry. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the, the rest of the page also needs, like, uh, a lot of traffic, but... Um, when, when you look, for example, an article, it's mostly like text. that's super easy to compress with Gzip and, and, and it doesn't take that much. Mm-hmm. And for example, if I have more reads on an article, I have more ads, I get more money. But if I have more phone calls, I don't get more money. So it's like, yeah, we do it, but basically we, we, we would love not to do it. <laughs>
0: All <laughs> right. Yeah, this is not the right market for you, right? So, uh, yeah. One one time. We're visitors. not selling
1: fonts or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I'm 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 thinking about this from like engineering perspective. You know, what's what's the reason behind uh, such big traffic regarding the font font hosting? But but you explained this. Thanks, thanks for this. Um, I I'm also thinking. Um, you know, um, what are the like good rules if if, if you have a like I don't know, that legendary dentist business, you know, when you are a dentist uh, owner of of a small dentist business, what's important in terms of GDPR? Because, you know, you are, again, you are a practitioner from from different even scale than, you know, dentist business, so I wonder what are the, like, uh, rule of thumb, what is the rule of thumb when following GDPR rules?
1: I think the rule of thumb goes way beyond GDPR, it's like only in sub-plugins that you know what that makes sense. Don't go into it and take it like a candy shop and activate 15,000 plugins. Uh, and the same goes for GDPR. Don't save data that you do not know you need. If you don't do that, it's quite easy. There's alternatives. For example, for the capture website itself, we we decided to not use Google Analytics because it would be it would make smell bad to say we are GDPR compliant. But for our website analytics, we use Google. So we go for simple analytics a great vendor out of uh, i think netherlands and they are providing a great analytics solution that is equivalent to to google and there is solutions already out there but just don't uh, store data that you don't need like don't add tracking scripts if you don't do anything with the data because in my career previously when i started in the 90s we, we just added tracking for the purpose of tracking we didn't know what we do with it most of the cases, we just drop the data, like at the end of the year, we, we just truncated the table. But nowadays, it's easy to just think about, what are you going to do with the data? And if you host everything on your own, there is you don't need a cookie content. On our, for example, capture.au website, we don't even have a cookie banner because everything is self-hosted. And it's quite limited in terms of analytics. You can do way more with Google and other products. But the reason why you can't do it is because it's like fraudulent or illegal.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Is there anything else? Because you know, I'm 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 looking for good practices for for for, for the people when they will be thinking about building their their their, their website. So the 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 default approach is okay. Uh, Google Ana- Analytics comes with the bundle, right? So you, yeah. you order the website, it's, and this is, you know, default, default, uh, you know, part of the execution to integrate with Google Ana- Analytics.
1: Yeah, the problem is it begins with Google Analytics. So even I- even if you set the anonymizing IP or use the GA four, the newest one, um, technically you would need a content for it. So you, this is the point where it begins that you need a cookie banner.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you 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 so-called legalize this with um, with stating that okay, I'm fine with, uh, with with with, with those cookies to kicking in, yeah, and, and most disaster. of the users
1: do it, so the tools make sense anyway. And those ten to fifteen percent, probably, uh, yeah, they just opt out, but they don't make any statistically uh,
0: majority. And with European hosted, let's say, solution for analytics, you wouldn't have to do this.
1: No, you you don't need to do this.
0: You don't need to say that you are like tracking users no. just because the, because the data because is like, sort because of like, like they have
1: to apply to the European law, and they usually don't need any uh, content. They might have. I'm I'm not really sure if they have a, a plan or a feature that requires that. But the stock thing, for simple for example, doesn't need anything. You 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 sign up, you get this. Uh, It's called uh, DPA, Data Processing Agreement, and you both sign that, and then you're fine. Mm -hmm. Usually you get that pre-signed as a download somewhere.
0: All right. So, so imagining like removing all of the external US-based tracking codes. I mean, most of users will, like businesses will use. Facebook, if those are consumer businesses, Facebook Pixel and Google Analytics, and they are, and if they can consume that data, they are they are more than fine. Uh, uh, if they drop Facebook and replace yeah. Google Analytics the, with the, the,
1: the thing is by Facebook Pixel or like even Google Ad Campaigning. So if you plan to buy a campaign at Google and you want to see how well it performs, you would actually need the Google Pixel and. Yeah, that is, you, you, you need content. Same goes for Facebook Pixel. But for example, we are doing a uh, heavy volume in terms of Google ads for Capture, but we just accept the fact that we don't know how greatly it converts. So we
0: oh, okay. we, we, we just
1: measure it in our own analytics and then we try to make sense. Okay, we got so many users in this particular time window and most likely they are from Google, but we do not exactly know it.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, right. So, so I, I understand now. All right, um,
1: but but we wanted to be like, since we are heavily marketing with GDPR, we wanted to be the cleanest from the cleanest. Because yeah,
0: yeah, you have to lead the way. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I cannot say please use our service because we are better, and then, but please don't look at our websites. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, because I, I'm thinking, you no, know, it, it's like. Um, hard battle to fight. You you, you are making a product, con- like uh, competing with, with, with Google, but still you need to use Google I, I you know, not to the full extent because you are not tracking the conversions because you decided not to do, do not to do so. Right. So this is this, the, 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 this is very interesting that you sacrifice part of understanding how they well, how the well campaigns they actually the
1: campaigns would optimize themselves better if you have the Google Pixel inside, because then exactly. uh, the Google machine learning would now would better know where to place the ads. But in, in that particular case, we just go by volume. So we, we activate a campaign, for example, it's just a, a sample. We, we, we started on Monday and we ended on Wednesday. And then we look afterwards in our simple analytics, what was the, the peak, what was the entry page and stuff like that. Sometimes we create landing pages where we can see in the path of the URL, okay, this is coming from Google. But it makes it harder, but it's possible. And at the end of the day, since we are SaaS service, all that matters is how many how many coins do we insert on the one end and how many coins do we get at the, at the other end. And if you are coming from Google, Facebook or wherever, actually, it doesn't matter.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, who is your uh, like ideal customer? Because I'm thinking we, we talked a little bit uh, during WordCamp Camp uh, Vienna about this. That when you this was the time when you started marketing yep. this, and I'm also curious about you know the that product product development journey. You now your assumption, initial assumptions, who would be like perfect uh, uh, user, and who's is, who's is it now? You know any any lessons learned
1: here? Yeah, so, so yeah many many lessons learned so because like we didn't do that before it was not none of our business all of the involved people didn't do that before so we're not startup guys we're like super corporate guys um the thing is in in, in the development cycle we use the the dentist or the lawyer as a as a persona like the one guy who sets up its own website and downloads the plugin activates it and buys the cheapest plan so this was persona that we built everything around it and also the 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 business plan we 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 calculated um right at the word camp itself we recognize that there is like actually more agencies interested into that um just answering the first question who is the the customer that we want we actually want everyone so we want a single person who buys the the tiny plan but we also want the agency with the Beginning of the real world launch we realized we need to step up and integrate a couple of features in the dashboard that makes it possible for agencies to use it at a larger scale for them like managing multiple clients uh, updating multiple clients and so right now we are we have heavily optimized the dashboard and everything to be agency compatible but we still have like random tiny websites from some vacation destination that sign up, buy a plan and integrate it into WordPress and we don't have to do anything with them. So in terms of return of investment, those might be the best customers because they don't require anything. When it comes to agencies, we, we call them, we talk to them, we help them integrating into custom solutions. But at the end of the day, they, they buy bigger packages.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and all, also you mentioned that initially this was meant for WordPress, now a couple of other frameworks are a in. What about bigger websites, bigger, bigger websites with um, bigger traffic, custom built on Laravel or, you know, o- other Django's of this world? <laughs> uh,
1: um, first of all, it was not built or designed for WordPress. So it was designed as a standalone product. But since we are we wanted to go in that self-service area. We we, we we wanted to pick out one platform where we can drop it and people can buy it and don't need to need support or anything. And since we are uh, WordPress nerds and already built a lot of plugins, we decided, take let's take this platform because we know how it works um, and and then go from there. And with the talks of the agencies and the customers, we realized, OK, there is this craft CMS I didn't even know. Um, so we, we we built a plug a plugin in a week, but the thing is, I, I didn't want to start with a platform that we do not know to its heart because I wanted to feel safe when starting s- selling a product. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's only natural that you started with what you know. Uh, I'm I'm thinking maybe. In terms of those lessons uh, and and finding WordPress is huge, right? Forty percent of you know, roughly speaking, of of the internet out there. Obviously, Europe is smaller than the world itself, but I'm thinking maybe of those like um, un, um, unexpected customers, like a platform that is huge in terms of volume uh, but is totally built from scratch custom built like, yeah we um, have
1: we have a, we have one I'm actually I think I'm not allowed to name the names you don't have to I mean, today. No, no. but we have we have like a news agency a bigger one from Europe and they have a custom a fully custom integration so they we, we are did a team's call and helped them integrate it into their super tech stack that they came up with like probably a couple of years ago mm-hmm. Um and we for example graph cms we had one customer who said like okay i gave it a try at my personal website it worked great but i cannot use it because we have graph cms and then we we typically we jump in and we take two engineers and try to build a plugin for that for free in that case because it's not really free it's for us it's a multiplier if we have that plugin the next customer would most likely join easier
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You built on, on top of what you have already built. Like, the linear, only thing
1: but... that we always put on the scale is like uh, we need to maintain that plugin afterwards. So it doesn't make sense to ramp out the plugin, uh, rage out the plugin in two hours and then get this one single customer. But what do we do if that platform, like in three months, rolls out an update that somehow changes the the APIs? Thankfully, WordPress never changes anything. So WordPress is the most maintenance free plugin.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: But other platforms like uh, Typo3 or stuff like that, they 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 are quite used to breaking things.
0: Okay. And what what's on your radar right now? What's the develop- like? Product development path for next quarter?
1: So, so the 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 major plugin we're working currently on is uh, Typo3 because it just makes a headache with all the different versions and supporting them backwards. We're trying to figure out how far we need to support it backwards, like. Usually we do current minus one, but then we had a customer who said like he needs current minus three. And so we're weighing out how we can support that. And then I think we have quite of all those big platforms. We, we already shipped the Keycloak in a beta version that is like a enterprise authenticator. The Keycloak itself is open source, but it it's based on Java and it's super heavily used in big companies where we hope that we have a door opener if we come into the sales pitch and say to them okay if you want to give it a try just download the plugin
0: mm-hmm. and you mentioned and, and you mentioned also that you are super corporate you know uh, people uh, and this is uh, as you call it, startup approach what's like most surprising for you during this this, this path with this product what surprised you most
1: I think that Everything we we thought about that will happen in the first few days did not happen, but good things happened anyway. So it happened differently. We we reached our goal for the first few days, but on a totally different road. Even though we were like heavily thinking about what will go on on WordCamp, how many people will buy it there, and, and then we quickly realized people are not buying it immediately. But like four weeks later, they still use the voucher code, and that's super interesting to see. Um, yeah, like like a tiny little puppy that you cared about like one and a half year and then you first of it's the first time of flying or running around and getting free. Yeah, and then like customer requests. I really enjoy like helping customers. It it, it, it gives a lot of joy because they, they typically they don't have those heavy technical questions. They most likely have okay, I want to host a JavaScript, for example. One of the things we quite quickly realized that there's people who wanted to host the JavaScript on their own. And we didn't think about that, because we thought, okay, we take the bandwidth on our bill, take the script and be happy. But there's other companies who say we need to host it on our own. And then we in like, three days, we (laughs) modified the plugin to be able to run the JavaScript through the WordPress and stuff like that super interesting.
0: Mm -hmm. And what is the reasoning behind? I have to do this uh, on my own server?
1: Yeah, the, the, the difference. So there's companies who are not allowed to have external services integrated, and so they they like proxy the JavaScript through the WordPress. And now we also also have for the verification endpoint, we have multiple options. The one that runs through the CDN, where it's possible that you get a non-European IP address. We also have a dedicated Austrian IP, so that you can guarantee that everything goes through Austria. But we also now have uh, NGINX and CADdy configurations so that you can, in your data center, deploy uh, a proxy. And that proxy goes to our service. And in that configuration of the proxy server, it's it's guaranteed that the IP address is eliminated on your site already. So um, because we had two customers who needed to be to make sure that the IP address doesn't leave their data center.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so the IP address of the visitor. Yeah, exactly. All right, so this is this is precaution as to not as not to leak the visitor addresses outside of the company. company. Using yeah, exactly, the... exactly. All
1: right, and, so and this we, is... For uh-huh. our machine learning, we don't need it because we constructed it around uh, GDPR itself, and when we created the thing, we already removed it at our end, the last two blocks. But yeah, we say that and people believe it, okay. but yeah, there are yeah. companies who better make sure so we officially support the, we call it the proxy mode and you, you you get a tiny little of configuration that you can configure on your side and in that configuration you see that the ip address is removed
0: this is super interesting because an approach to building um, captcha is now very fine tuned to what your customers are saying and yeah. this is interesting like for, for from my perspective how much effort you want to put into Uh, custom configuration that okay can be rolled out to other users maybe they will require this but this kind of um custom configuration you're saying now like proxy and everything sounds like a a lot of work
1: yeah i think if you if you uh, we always have to say we're an austrian company and in austria it's most likely if we talk we find a solution and um yeah you you have you, you have a true point to what extent are you customizing a thing for only a single customer? Um, first of all, every customer counts, to be honest. And the, those custom solutions were for bigger ones. So they 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 had they said like, okay, we're going to create a bigger contract, but we cannot because we get we don't get this through legal. And then we decided to make it, but make it in a way that others can use it too, because now. We can even go to the smaller customers and say, there is a solution already you can use because we, we built it anyway. So we do not uh, build secret features that you only get on a, on a certain plan. Mm-hmm.
0: Super, super, super interesting stuff, you know, building a product from within a bigger, like big corporation uh, and what, what are the, the, the lessons learned?
1: Um, but yeah, you you you're totally right. It, 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 uh, we 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 always put on a scale does it make sense to to fulfill that customer requirement? But I think everyone has the same if you're talking to customers how, how many how many customer customizations do I give him before I need to raise a bill or before I some, sometimes before I I destroy my product.
0: Yeah, yeah, no point in in supporting the product anymore. Yeah. Yeah, OK, uh, Helmut, thank you very much for, for this uh, conversation uh, for you. our listeners. Where where do they where where
1: can they find uh, your product so they can find uh, on capture.eu the website, um, you, you can sign up and you get 100 validations for free. So you can uh, sign up and then go to the plugin store of your choice. Either the WordPress directory, the Yomla directory or the uh, All the other directories that we support and install the plugin copy paste your keys and you can try this on your platform if you have any any questions you can use the on-site chat and you can contact us at all the contact options that you find on the website and funny side note even the chat is gdpr compliant because we host this also on our own servers Great, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the
0: one of the few <laughs> fully GDPR compliant uh, yeah. pages. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Helmut. This Thank was a pleasure to, to have a chat today. And, and take care.
1: Take care. If you like what you've just heard, don't forget to subscribe for more episodes. On the other hand, if you've got a question we haven't answered yet, feel free to reach out to us directly just go to awesomestudio.com forward slash contact. Thanks for listening and see you in the next episode of the Awesome to Know podcast.